Hi, this is Jeff Davis. I spent many years just down the road playing rock and roll along the lakefront in Chicago at WLS Music Radio. This year's a banner year for Radio Centennials. That's why I'm happy to wish my brothers and sisters in radio a heartfelt 100th anniversary at 1440 WROK in Rockford, Illinois. Sometimes people just need a really good reason to get back together and enjoy each other. This is one of those occasions. Getting behind the microphone again and sharing those seldom told tales is a special feeling these folks didn't want to pass up. The studio is filled with decades of photos, bumper stickers, buttons, albums, t-shirts, jackets, original signs, and well-deserved industry awards. Here's to WROK's 100 years of broadcasting in Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin. And now, more radio stories between old friends on another episode of the Storyteller Studio. Okay, I'm Liz Wilder, and we are at Storyteller Studio with my good friend and was a co-worker, Steve <laughs> Summers. Well, and, I'm not working with you anymore. And now we are. Today, we're co-workers well, today, again. Today, we're co-workers. That's I'm going right. to fix this little microphone here. Welcome. Thanks for letting me come into well, your studio. No, well, you know, this is yours, too, because you're part of the whole R-O-K-Z-O-K family. And it's you, really uh, awesome. Didn't spare any expenses. You got this nice little airplane bottle of wine. You couldn't afford the whole <laughs> bottle of Sutter Home wine, but that's okay. I'll take the Moscato, airplane It's a Moscato, baby. Well, at least you're drinking wine. Yeah. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Yay! That's how I'm bribed to be here. Alcohol. Know, right? Yeah, right. some things never change. So we got to just give you the, the bing, bang, boom. So your name, how when you were there, you know, if you can remember the years. Sure, sure. I know the dates. What was your position stuff to you do? Sure, yeah. You All do? right, well, Steve Summers, and I worked at 97ZOK from January 4th, I believe it was, 1982, all the way through January 2nd of 1992 when I was let go for a budget cut. Oh, wow. That's how you remember those dates. Isn't you that remember funny? Yeah. those, yeah. you know, yeah. monumental dates. Started off as a part timer, mm -hmm. working midnight on a Saturday night, Sunday morning. To 6 a.m., which included, ooh, my own four hours of actually being a DJ, <laughs> right? And then you get an hour of running public affairs shows, and then you got Powerline with Brother Bob Rivers. <laughs> and I would run that till 6 a.m. And then Casey Kasem's Countdown, I would start it. Or actually, it was Rick D's Countdown at that time. And he would play his four hours, and I'd be out the door. And then I would get a nap in, and then I would come back from 6 to midnight Sunday night into Sunday morning. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I would have to be in college because I had a class at 8.30 in the morning Holy in shoot. Whitewater at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. Which was how far away? Uh, about 59 minutes doing 80 miles an hour. <laughs> I say, how fast were you Although, going? <laughs> and in your little, was it Trans Am? Is that what you had? I did have a yes. Trans Am. Well, good done, yes. And uh, I did that for, uh, I want to say, until I graduated college because I was still a, a sophomore in college. Okay. And uh, when I graduated, I started middays for an incredible yearly salary of $13,000. <laughs> and that was to own me 24-7, 365 for the next 10 years. Oh, big spender. Yeah, that was it, yeah, man. That was, that was high end, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, so you actually had the chance to work with a guy that I never did, the gentleman that started it. Vern Nolte. Oh, yeah. Tell me about Vern. Well, if you don't know what he looks like, just picture Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. He kind of had that appearance to him. Okay. Wasn't in a wheelchair, but he had that gravelly voice and had everybody on edge. He'd be like, well, good morning. <laughs> Summers, get in my office. I'm like, oh, this is oh. it. I'm going to die. This Ooh. is it, you know. And he would be very rambunctious and, you know, had his little glasses on like Mr. Potter and you always be checking the bills, you know, checking the numbers 
And then he would call you and go, oh, what's this expense? <laughs> It'd be just like Mr. Potter. Because you were PD at the time? I was uh, middays, and oh. then I went to uh, music, and then I was an assistant PD, and then I became the PD in the late 80s. Oh, wow. Okay. To 92, and I did afternoons, and I, I was hired for middays. I went to okay. nights. I did afternoons. And before Jeff Wicker came into the picture, I was doing mornings until he came in. And then once he left, I became a morning guy again. It was just the whole thing. You've been everywhere. Though. I did all of that. So let me ask you what he was talking about with regards to expenses. He was the guy. He oh. paid up the checks, and he was always you know, like sales and balancing okay. um, you know, payments for staff and what he was doing. And, of course, the parties that he was throwing. So was he more <laughs> numbers-oriented, or was he people-oriented? Uh, he was a numbers guy, but he was very community-minded. Very okay. community-minded. He always threw the greatest parties. Ah. I mean, you, there was the 60th anniversary, or he brought in the Glenn Miller Band for the orchestra for this big party, and he had booths from around the world, and oh, there was wow. food from different nationalities, and everybody was wearing a black tie. It was an incredible party. So oh, we wow. were all frightened of Vern Nolte. Well, that yeah. all changed for me one day. i got to tell you this story. Oh, God, okay, okay. It okay. came back to me, okay. and it was like he would always – spend money to bring the staffs together sales and programming to come up with think tanks to come up with ideas okay. they were called seminars you know, oh, okay. conferences so <laughs> and he would write them off i'm sure but i'm sure so one of these conferences he was throwing and he was flipping the tab and so it was in eagle ridge golf course in galena mm. it was a thursday night so i piled up with some other people and i carpooled it to galena we all got these incredible condos in these very nice place right mm -hmm. deer you know just trancing through the field as we're trying to get together to start talking we're sitting down for our very first dinner oh, it's about 5 30 and the phone rings it's my wife oh. that my daughter erica who was like five months at the time was at a babysitter's and she was at the hospital because a dog bit my daughter <gasps> in the face Oh, no. Apparently, my daughter crawled behind a couch, and the dog stole a stick of butter, and the dog was threatened, so bit my daughter in the face. Gave her oh, lacerations no. in her cheek, her lower lip, upper lip, a little bit on her nose. And my wife is frantically calling me, and she's I at the hospital, you. and I'm like, I have to go there. Mm -hmm. Vern Nolte, Mr. Mm -hmm. Potter, who I was frightened of, said, oh, I'll, I'll take you, Steve. I'll take you back to Rockford right now. So we got into his a very cool Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Oh, which wow. looked just like Cruella DeVille's. I'm not lying. And he and I drove all the way back from Galena, dropped me off at Swedish American Hospital, even though his conference and his dinner, I interrupted his dinner. And I don't know if he went back or stayed at his mansion on State Street, the one with the big white columns. I, you know, I never knew that was his house oh, until yeah. not too long ago. Or he okay. went back to Galena that night. But ever since then, I had a whole new respect for him. And he called me in his office the next morning, wanted to make sure my daughter was oh, okay. And then I saw his human side, so... I got to see that just before he passed away, so I'm glad that I got to see the whole side of Vern Nolte. He was oh, quite the man. Wow. Yeah. Well, Tim is, is running our board for us, and Tim, you can get on that microphone, because who did you say Vern Nolte looked like? Oh, boy. Who's the guy that did the horror films? Alfred Hitchcock? Alfred there you go. Alfred Hitchcock, yes. <laughs> there you go. If you look at Vern's profile... Uh, so does Doug he? And, would you agree to that? Would, yeah, yeah, but then he would have that gravelly voice, and Mr. Potter would come to mind. Like, okay. You know? <laughs> Just give it to me and I'll sign it. Just, Just give it, it to me. me. Watch oh, this expense. So that was I one of his things. Okay. Well, that, that paints a better picture for me. I got to tell you, Tim, yours was kind of a scary picture because, you know, Alfred Hitchcock, I think of scary movies, but I like his also. Well, no, so I, it's it, melding. So you kind of oh, picture this gentleman now. You I can, can see. I can. What he looked I can. Like. I can. Sure. Yeah. Great guy to work so. for. Yeah, he was. Oh, awesome. Okay, well, I'm going to take a quick drink. Yeah, he was I a visionary. That. He created the cart machine at that time where all the music and all the commercials would play, and they were like eight tracks. 
And he created this system that would actually play the cart, and then it would recue it to the beginning and stop automatically, put tones on it. I was and really, say, did he re- actually do the tone? Yes. He's the one that invented yes. the tone. So for it's that. kind of like yeah. he was the forefather of automation, mm-hmm. if you were think about it. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine what our lives would be like if the cart would not trip tone and stop by itself? Oh my God, ridiculous! Horrible. Yeah, I, I think of ridiculous. cassettes pulling the cassette machines out, putting oh a pencil yeah. in there, and rewinding it. <laughs> yep. That's kind of what I. Yep. <laughs> or all the tape out on the floor when hey, this, something happens. This cheap wine is pretty good. I, I gotta say, Sutter Home, thank you for the uh, Moscato. Thank You're you. welcome. Anytime, baby. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so you told us that you got p- your part-time job. How yes. did you actually? fall in love with? How did you realize that you wanted to be on the radio? When did you realize that? Well, in high school, I was really big in the theater department. Mm. I did a lot of acting and uh, got into the lead roles for like um, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. I played the Yankee. West Side Story. I was a dancer. I was a jet. Uh, oh, and fun. What was one? Uh, Luck be the Guys and Dolls. Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah, was yeah, Nathan yeah. Detroit. And this is when I realized that my acting days were done because oh, wow. there was a solo you know, Natalie, sue me, sue me, what can you do me? And I was like, I can't sing. <laughs> you sounded good right there. Well, but yeah, there's many years of practicing, but at that time, I could not sing, so I'm thinking, okay, I can't do the theater thing. Still did community theater, but I knew that my thought of going to Hollywood, becoming the next George Clooney, since many people have said I look just like him. Mm-hmm. If you're listening at home, that's exactly what I look like. That's so, true. So I, that's I realized true. that wasn't going to happen. So what would combined all that theater and my thespianship and all that fun that I had performing with maybe making money, you know, and eating. So I thought maybe business <laughs> Something would minor work. like that, yeah. So I went into yeah. business, and business was not my cup of tea. I went to college thinking I was going to go into business, and I went to communications, and I tried theater, and theater in college-wise. Today's lesson is we're going to be tomatoes. Oh, God, I know. Wasn't it ridiculous? Okay, yeah. uh, I'm like I'm out, and yeah, then exactly during my time in high school, there was a radio station in Woodstock, Illinois, which was in the courthouse. I think it was WMCW or something like that, McHenry County Radio. Okay. And I would walk up the stairs of this courthouse and just peer in the window on my lunch hour in high school, just to look at all the controls and be mesmerized. Then you know in Rockford, you hear about WYBR, which had their little studios inside the Cherryvale Mall, and that's the Yellow, yellow Brick, Brick Road. Road. And okay. inside the mall, they had gold floor tiles that would weave all the way to the studios. And oh, you'd wow. walk in, and they were all glass walls, and you saw all the automation, the microphones, and people in there. And I'm like, I want to do that. <laughs> so you know, here I am, graduating high school and going to college, and I'm thinking, well, I'm going to try their communications department. And they had a radio station at the University of Wisconsin Whitewater, WSUW. 91.7. Isn't that funny how that comes up? Yeah, we went right in, and I applied, and I got a job because they can't say no to you because you're a college student and you work for free. Cut my teeth in radio. So after a couple of years of doing that, I ended up being the program director in the college station, which was really a top 40 station, not what you hear now for college radio stations, where it's alternative and classical music one minute and the next minute you're playing headbanging music yeah, <laughs> it's, right. they actually had a it's format. whatever you want to play yeah, it was very yeah, good yeah. so I, I cut my teeth there and uh, came to Rockford on a blind date and ended up in a radio on a blind date yeah it was that simple serious <laughs> I had to sell my soul to get in the radio uh no okay, it was a blind date you gotta tell me about that date so you know here I am out of you know high school a couple of years and my love life was 
crappy. It was it was not nothing. Even though to brag it looks about. like George Clooney. Well, George yeah. Clooney had some speed bumps too. So, <laughs> so <laughs> think, this is a speed bump. <laughs> I think I had a speed bump. So my friend was in Rockford at Rockford College at the time. Now it's Rockford University. He was dating this girl, Marcy, and Marcy knew this girl named Yvonne. So Jim's like, oh, I hear your love life sucks. I'm like, it's worse than that. <laughs> so he's like, hey, let me send you a picture of a girl I think you'd be perfect with. So he sends me this picture of this woman named Yvonne mm-hmm. in a string bikini with long blonde hair on a beach. I'm like, well, yeah, I want to date Hello. her. Hello. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, duh. It wasn't like, you know, she's in the library studying books yeah. or anything. It was like, well, that's the, I want to go out with her. <laughs> so we set up this blind date in Rockford, and we came to the Metro Center at the time to see REO Speedwagon. Oh, yeah. By the way, never take a blind date on a concert because you don't talk for the first six hours of your date because you can't hear each other. Right. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's how we made it. I don't know. What? Oops, yeah. oh, sorry. What'd you say? So uh, we went to the concert, and afterwards, you know, we went to, uh, I think it was Uncle John's, which was where Mary's Market is now at State and Alpine in Rockford, and had a ham and cheese and French fry sandwich, and it was a double date with Jim and Marcy, who got us together, because they were overcompensating, not letting us talk. They were controlling the conversation, and about two in the morning, after everybody broke apart... I was there with Yvonne and her apartment. And I said, well, it's 2 in the morning. I have a class at Whitewater at 8.30. Happened to be the history of religion. So very nice to have that okay. <laughs> at 8.30 right. in the morning. Try to stay awake for that. So uh, we can go have coffee and continue our conversation because we started talking. It was like, hey, this is flowing pretty good. Or we can just call it a night. And she's like, let's go for coffee. So we went to the Hollywood Diner on South Alpine uh, just off of Newburgh Road. And we were there till 7.30 in the morning. Drinking coffee, eating French fries, toast. Whoa. I was like, "Oh, I got to leave now because I have a history of religion in At an hour and fifteen minutes, yeah. and I have to go." That's how I know it was like fifty-nine minutes to Whitewater because I was doing eighty miles an hour that morning, <laughs> and uh, made it back. And I walked into that class and sat next to this guy. I don't even remember his name. I said, "I think I just met my future wife last night." Seriously, it was love at first sight. Once we started talking, I knew. Oh, okay. So now I have to ask, how long have you and Yvonne been married? Thirty. You're gonna put me on the spot. Yeah, I am. Thirty-seven years now. Awesome. Yeah. And three gorgeous girls. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so she was actually dating an ex-disc jockey before me, and that didn't go well. Said they were looking for part-timers on 97WZOK. And it just so happened I was listening to them because they were bringing the Rolling Stones to Rockford in 1981. It was October. I was listening to them going, man, this is a great station. This sounds like fun, exciting. No way am I going to get this job. I'm at a college station. I have no experience. (laughs) So I made up, and I was telling Tim about this earlier, a cassette of just my college air brakes, and it sucked. It was horrible. Don't you just love finding oh. those, and you're like, what the hell was I thinking? I, I think Did I, I used, actually sound like that? I may oh, have used God. it to start a bonfire or something, but it, it, was, it was horrible. And I, I sent it in the mail with this nice letter. Uh-huh. Sure enough, I get a phone call. Come on in. Let's talk. And uh, Charlie Quinn was that the was man. That was my question. Who Charlie called Quinn you and hired you? Hired me uh, on the spot, said, yeah, we liked your tape. I'm like, you did not. <laughs> I think he just needs the body in here. Which tells you just how much the other tapes sucked. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> maybe, right? Right? Maybe. I never thought yeah. of that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And it's all uh, relative. We're going to hire you on the spot. Can you be here uh, Saturday night at midnight? I'm oh. like, Saturday night at midnight? Okay, well, yeah, I'll come down from Whitewater for that. So... My first shift was in January, and I started at midnight to 6. My very first song, I was telling Tim, I remember the very first song I played. Really? 97 ZOK, Midnight, on January 4th, I believe it was, 1982. Oh, my gosh. Always On My Mind by Willie Nelson. (gasps) Really? On WZOK? Yeah, it had an eight-second intro because I I walked over it. (laughs) 
Oh, let me let me hear you do I the intro now. Long. I'm gonna time you eight seconds. Let me hear you do the intro now. Uh, 97. See, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm Steve Summers. This is my first time. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. And uh, this is my first time, so uh, you know, don't be too hard on me. Here's oh Willie Nelson, God. and he's singing always on my mind and always on my mind. <laughs> Oh, 97 Z, okay. And that was that was the start of my career. Oh, my God, how fun. That's kind of how we sounded, too. Oh, that, when you're yeah, squeaky <laughs> way like that, yeah, instead of nice and Crazy. smooth and gravelly. Oh, and then we played Garth Brooks, Friends in Low Places on that station, and then we followed it up with Boston, been such a long time, you know. And then it was Leonard Skinner, and then it was, you know, Wilson Phillips. It was They played everything at that Spandau time. Spandau Ballet. Oh, gosh, yeah. true. I love that song. Yeah, yep, yep. Oh, that's so fun. Music categories for 200, please. Yep. <laughs> that he's going to be my phone a friend. Yeah, exactly. So you and I actually started working together in 89. Do you remember the first time we met? May of 89. Uh, oh, God, he's going to kill me with this. Nope, I don't. So I, I think was we, freaking. was I the one that hired you or something? You were the one that, well, I thought, you were the one that was actually Greg Strassel that hired me, but you right. were the first one that I met I, and you picked me up. Yes, and you drove I picked me you up around. at the clock tower and you yes. brought in your U-Haul truck of furniture. Yep. You were yep. in the parking lot at the old clock tower resort, which is no um, longer there. But then I stayed at the Alpine Inn. Oh yeah, because we couldn't afford the clock tower. I know. Yeah. 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 In fact, that know, same mattress it, you used is still there. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it probably is. <laughs> it probably is. It probably but I picked is. you up and I had, yep. you, tell, you know I had a Trans Am. It was yep. my 1984 Pontiac Trans Am, which I just let go this past year. Oh my. I had it all that time. Uh, there's a story that we don't want to get there. Okay. So I pick you up and beforehand I had to get gas in my car and I saw... Do you remember the flower I brought you? Yes, I do. That I do. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, it was a, I think it I was do. a carnation. Mm-hmm. And it was one carnation in a little tube of water. Yep. And I gave it to you, and you sit down in my car, and you're like, oh, welcome. It's great. I just want you to know that I don't date coworkers. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> I'd already had that experience in Memphis. And I was like, I'm going to set is, the record straight. That, that right there is worth yep. our conversation today. <laughs> but I'm telling you. That yeah, and then what? right there. Right there. Yep. And then there's how many people that I know that are married from ZOK now that dated their coworkers? Oh, of course. Oh, shoot. But that was like yeah. like one of the first things. Like, oh, it's great to be in Rockford. Oh, by the way, I just want to let you know that I don't, I date, don't date coworkers. coworkers. <laughs> I'm like, wow, whoa, whoa, where did this turn? <laughs> <laughs> I was just picking you up. Where did this turn? Here's what she didn't say. Oh. I don't date coworkers anymore. Oh, <laughs> anymore. That's yeah, true. Yeah, that was that last word, that anymore. Well, But remember, I did then, look like, like no George way. Clooney with a flower in a Trans Am. I could see where she almost would have I'm telling you, romance. Right through the door, yeah. This handsome guy, but who oh turned out to be God. one of my besties, so he's awesome. God, I can't believe you were there with me. You remember that? That's I remember. Crazy. I do remember that. It's kind of funny. I fit everything in that U-Haul truck, and now I can't. Oh, shoot. Well, you had a sofa and a radio, and that was probably a stereo. One of those stereo. Yeah, you know what? Boxes. That could have gone in the back of the car. <laughs> And I had my car paid off for one month when I moved here. One month, wow. and I get into a car accident. And wow. right, in, you know, right on Alpine and that slippery, slidey crap in front of Colonial Village Mall. Oh, Only yeah. it's something yeah. else now. Yeah. It's, it's been changing. It's a ch- was a Heart- Heartland Church, and now it's something else. Uh, Rock some church, Prairie Church. I don't know. I don't some know. church. And it's a changed. Store and a bakery. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh crap. You know, who, what do I do? Who do I call? Blah 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 blah. And you were the first person there. Wow. So. So you and I had a lot of fun together, also doing promotions. Yeah. Tell yeah. me what your favorite one was. And it doesn't even have to be with you and I. It could have been way before. could have been afterwards. Well, the, the three that first come to my mind would be oh, the, the Native three. Tan Line Contest oh, at God, Lake Louise. Oh, God, that was Louise. always fun. Yeah. yeah. It was just a simple, hey, let's all get together on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon at the lake, at Lake Louise. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, show us your native tan line, and the best tan line would win a prize package. Uh, it turned into, well, skin to win, and then all yep, of a sudden it yep. became flashing, and by the third year it brought in so many people we had to cancel it because it was like a cult. People were coming just to show off body parts. Remember mm -hmm. that? I do. I do remember. Yeah. And Barb Key was big on that because she was a native tan rep yeah. at that point in time. That was one of my favorite promotions. And yeah. everywhere we went, and remember, these are the 80s. Yeah. Alcohol was flowing. Yep, that's true. So you don't want to have beer when nobody's showing up to take off their swimsuits. Here. <laughs> right? Oh, cheers, cheers on that one. Cheers on that like one. All right, great. That so that was the Native Tan Line Contest. That was great. Uh, remember the pink Cadillac promotion that we put together? Were you a part of that? I do not believe that. Uh, pink Cadillac, we went and bought a 1980-something four-door boat with that long hood on it, and it was a clunker. We bought it on Broadway, which should have told you where we bought that from. We bought it on Broadway somewhere. Yeah. There was a lot of auto places on there, Broadway you know, at the time. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And we always seem to be doing remotes at car dealers. That was the other thing, too. Yeah. yeah. But okay. I can't remember why all the signatures. We painted it Pepto-Bismol pink. <laughs> and we put the logo on it, and we went around driving around to get signatures because Bruce Springsteen had the song Pink Cadillac. Right. And we were trying to convince Bruce Springsteen, who was going on a tour, to replay the Rolling Stones scenario and play in Rockford at the BMO Harris Bank Center, which was that time the Metro Center. Oh, and okay. the guy at the time in charge, Mark McClure, who was the program director, one of my many, okay. he um, apparently, instead of sticking it out and being the rebel, he told the label right from the very beginning, well, we're going to do this, and if for some reason he can't, just you know, set us up with tickets and stuff. Well, you kind of gave him an out. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's not right. Thank you, Mark. I, I, just how I remember it. Maybe I'm wrong, but Mark McClure would probably be clear on that. But the uh, the label at the very end just said, well, he's not going to do it, but here's a whole bunch of tickets. So I think, and then we had all these signatures, and then we gave away concert tickets to those who signed the pink Cadillac. Oh, but nice. insuring that thing, you know, and having a whole bunch of people driving it all over, it would break down. We'd have to tow it so many times. <laughs> I think this promotion cost us a lot of money for a couple of concert tickets. We probably could have bought through Ticketmaster. Oh, my God. How I really, funny. Didn't that result in the trade with the tow company? Isn't that <laughs> how that worked? I'm sure something oh happened. Oh, my God. God. the pink Cadillac promotion. That was crazy. Oh, that's a cool idea, though. But then on a smaller scale, maybe you remember this one. It was rolling to dough. Remember, it's in the 80s, and... Anybody who wanted to show up in a swimsuit, we had a kiddie pool. It was at a monster truck rally okay. or a WWE event, but we had a blow-up pool. Uh -huh. Tim's laughing because he remembers it. It was a blow-up kiddie pool, and you would come out of the dressing room in your swimsuit. Guys okay. would be in their trunks. Women would be in their bikinis. And we would stand on top of them with a ladder, and we would pour gallons and gallons of honey oh my on gosh. top of them. And it was so heavy. It would drip down their bodies and pull off their swimsuits and oh stuff. Oh, my god! And then you would drop into the kiddie pool once you were full of honey. Uh -huh. You would smear it on yourself. We weren't allowed to touch you. And then you would drop into the cash and you would roll around, and whatever money stuck to you was your money that you would keep. Oh, no, I kind of like that. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, here's for me. It was only $100 in singles. And when oh, honey, honey is on your body, the honey is heavy, and the dollar bills slide off. So I think this girl got like 20 bucks. Oh, really? That's it? <laughs> we got memories and great pictures for 20 bucks. <laughs> we saw everything for 20 bucks. And you didn't even have to put the dollar bills in her? And then, you know, we were nice guys. You could take everything that's in the, the pool because we knew it was only 100 bucks. Or, I'm sorry, $97. 90, you know, and that was always a big thing. It was always 97.5, $97 or 97 cents or 97 yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, 970, yeah. Rolling in the dough. So That's watch for that cool. promotion. We may have to resurrect that one day. The car promotion that I remember being a part of was the little white Suzuki. Yes. The little Suzuki thing that we would drive around everywhere. Wasn't it Beachin? Beachin something, something. Beachin Summer. It's a Beachin yeah, Summer. Yeah, Summer. 
Yeah. With Pepsi? Always with Pepsi. It was always with Pepsi. I remember that because I got to drive yeah. that little thing home. Of course, I only lived around the corner, I felt like, but it was just down the street. It was Actually, it was in the same apartment complex as Jeff Wicker. I don't think we even gave it away. I think we leased it to you for a year. I mean, we were no. really tight. We leased everything. Yeah. <laughs> you, well, don't, you don't win a to car. To the winner, you, you mean? Yeah, lease. you leased it to the winner. Yeah, whoever for it was. For 97 months and 50 days or yeah, something like something that. Something silly. And lease is a very fancy name for borrow. <laughs> yeah, right? Right, right. It is. You get to borrow it. Don't do anything it with is. it. No. Don't wreck it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Don't do anything. Who was your most memorable guest, I suppose? Uh, we had ask. Cheap Trick in the studio a couple of times. Uh, Robin Zander, Rick Nielsen. And they were wild at that point. Yeah, well, that was, again, yeah. the 80s. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Huey Lewis came by once. Oh, wow. Uh, Kevin Cronin from Ario Speedwagon. Yeah. Um, but it was weird because I think once, you know, companies sell and they get rebought by different companies. Mm-hmm. And the, I went, ended up in country music, which I went to Milwaukee and worked at. WOKY, or I think Doug McDuff, who was one of your guests, worked at mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Dan Willis. One I knew somebody up there. Yeah, one of my coworkers, yeah. and he got me a job up there, and that's how I got into country music oh. in '94. Uh, but then I got a job back here, and when Q98.5 was bought out from Stateline Broadcasting right. by Connoisseur Communications, which right. bought 97 ZOK and ROK. That was in '94 or '95? Because I '96, '98, somewhere in there, right? Uh, I came back in '95. And I was doing sales for you then at, night right. at XXQ, but yeah. we were still in Freeport. But then we got bought, we moved to Mulford Road yeah. in Rock, but then we got put under the same building. Well, right. remember being in there, and we had a little closet studio, but yeah. Blake Shelton came in. Oh. He was with a group called Blake and Brian at the time. It was Blake Shelton who? It was Blake and Brian who were trying to promote this band, and Blake was the star of these two. And I just remember him with his long mohawk and his long yeah. hair. And his cowboy hat coming in and sitting in that cafeteria on Brendanwood Road talking yeah, to us in yeah. the, and playing a guitar thing. And I don't know if he played Old Red or something. It was not even a hit at that time. He played something stupid and was like, oh, great. Who's this guy? We don't know. Some guy named Blake. And now look yeah, at now, him. Yeah. It's crazy. He's all over the place. Crazy. Oh, that's fun. Do you remember any of the female stars that you interviewed perhaps at Young at Heart or Vixen? on the waterfront? I remember Vixen. Remember Vixen the big, big Max one. unit? We had a big red or something yep. like that. It was yep. a yep. big trailer with our callers on it and a <clears throat> mobile studio that mm-hmm. just turned into a, a love shack. Let yeah. me put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ben's laughing. Yeah. Story. You, Go ahead. Candy, Come on. It? Yeah. Okay. Come on. Oh, no. Come that, on. Was, that was way after my time. Did share, I say way, share. You're turning way red, after Steve my time? Up. Yeah. No. It, and then we had Vixen in the studio. They were mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, I think uh, I remember Keely doing. Or Keely, I think was her name. Or? Well, I don't remember that. Mm. But I remember that because of 97 okay, we got to do great things like yep. have dinner with Donny Osmond when we brought him to town for yes. a Blue Suede Shoes party. Yeah, that, that was, was our, incredible. What was that called? We called that the Star Party. Star Party. At Blue Suede Shoes yep. with Donny Osmond and David Cassidy. Who were feuding at the time. Oh, remember that? that? Oh. Do you remember that? David Cassidy was not going to come in until Donny Osmond left, and Donny took a long time to leave. He, Something about it was his image or whatever, and <laughs> he was not happy that Donnie really? was still in there. He wasn't coming in the same time as Donnie, so he we had to wait till Donnie left until oh. David Cassidy came in. And the Thompson twins were there. Oh my gosh, yes! And hold me now. I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, Desmond Child. Remember we were talking about that earlier, Tim. You and I were talking about yeah. Desmond Child. Desmond yeah. Child was there. It was uh, Michael Damien, the actor who was no, he wasn't in there, but he was uh, a part of a concert. He was part too. of something with. Start, yeah. He was down at on the waterfront. This was not yeah. all one night, was it? Oh yeah, Donny yeah, Osmond yeah. and David Cassidy. Yeah, were that one was night. all one night. Yeah, oh, my. yeah, at Blue the Blue Suede Shoes. shoes. Yeah. Oh my! And we were all you were in a tux. We yeah. were all in long dresses, sparkly dresses. Yeah. I remember that one big time. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, and then we had our Halloween parties there too, and Halloween. we jumped in a hot tub together. Remember yes. that? We had our clothes yes. on. Yes. That I do remember. I have a picture of Mark McClure in a long dress, so I do remember. <laughs> I do remember that event because of that picture. But no, that was great. So we had dinner with Donny Osmond, and then we took him yeah. to Byron for our concert on top of this big mobile unit. That on was the with the Jeff Wicker World Tour. Yeah. yeah, that was part of that same night. Um, but we had opportunities to go, like, see. Mick Jagger at Rolling Stones at Alpine Valley. And because yes. I was a program director, you get some like special invitations that a lot yeah. of people don't. Yep. And I got to have a uh, dinner with, uh, with Mick Jagger, which basically Sweet. he just came by and shook my hand and he sat down at the end of the long table. Uh, but then there was a concert with Elton John in Chicago and oh, it was before sweet. his big event at the United Center. Yep. And we're in his suite and here comes Elton John with Mark McClure and Steve Brill and all these people, and there I am. And then, you know, I get to stand right next to Elton John playing a grand piano. I think he played Candle in the Wind. Oh, I want to touch you. And it was oh, yes. surreal. And I tell people that, like, you did not. I really stood right next to Isn't Elton John. Like, funny? I was like, would you like a drink, sir, <gasps> Sir Elton? Can you play this song for me, Elton, please? And he was just yeah. sitting there playing and talking and looking around, like, oh, not even God. looking at the keyboards. And I was like, dang, this is Elton John. Wow. Yeah. But then, you know, you meet like Tina Turner backstage before a concert, and I felt sorry for her. Why? Because she was very quiet, a lot of handlers, just showed, nodded her head, didn't say anything. It was like, wow, that was the weirdest backstage experience. Oh, same wow. thing with Janet Jackson when I met her. Same thing. Didn't do really? much, didn't say much, just kind of nodded. And you kind of feel like, wow, well, the pony show, I'm the pony. You know, <laughs> I'm coming through just to say hi and walk out. But it was opportunities that you remember for a lifetime. Yeah, that's for sure. I remember That's why you work for $13,000 right? a year for the rest of your life, because you get these perks. <laughs> and you get free records and tickets yeah. and, yeah, all of that stuff. I remember that, too. Alcohol and pizza. Alcohol. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so on the air, what's your blooper, if you will? Any bloopers oh. that you can tell? I, I can't. <laughs> you know, this is just I, this is a podcast. I have two of them. Okay. One, I was, you know, you do live remotes around Christmas time. You're mm. doing stores. I think we're at like Farm and Fleet. Blaine's Farm and Fleet is opening a toy land or something like that. Yep. And, you know, here I am with a live microphone, and there's people waiting in line. There's this little bitty guy. He's got to be about five years old, just a cutie. And we're like, we're here shopping for Christmas. So, hey, Buddy, what's your name? And he goes, Johnny. Not Johnny. And what, what do you want for Christmas? Put the microphone, live microphone in his mouth. And he goes, nothing. I'm like, what do you mean? You know, Santa wants to bring you something. Oh, Santa doesn't exist, Johnny said. My mom and dad told me Santa doesn't exist. I'm like, well, thanks for stopping by, Johnny. Oh, no. And moving right along. And I couldn't take it back because it was live radio. With a five-year-old. With a five-year-old. So I've learned never to ask that God. question. What do you want from Santa ever again in my life? The other time was oh, I'm on the air, and uh, there was a benefit for cancer, something to do with cancer in the state line. And there's a hair salon on a Sunday afternoon from noon to 4 offering updos and blowouts for $5. All the money is going to charity tips, everything. It's all going to this great charity. So I go on the air going, hey, you want to check out this hair salon? They're doing a great job. And guess what? Blowjobs, $5. <laughs> it was supposed to be blowouts. <laughs> and I'm like, did I just say that? I couldn't take it back. Oh and to this day, I, I can't live that one down. Blowjobs, $5. Blowjobs and blowouts. Same they, thing. They had a record. Year. They had a record <laughs> donation that year. <laughs> I bet they did. And those girls never worked so hard. It got hot in here real quick. Or is it the wine? Oh my god. Yeah, that's my biggest. My smafu is like, oh my god. Oh, 
Can't take it back. That's nothing compared to some of the ones we've heard, but that's funny, baby. That is funny. (laughs) So have you ever said a cuss word on the air? Uh, No, not intentionally. Kind of like I was just stumbling and I said blowjob instead of blowout. Right. You know, you kind of say... Why would you never say shit? No, no. Crap. I thought you can, you know... Off, shit damn fucking yeah all yeah. those things <laughs> yeah. all, the, all those words that we're not supposed to say no you always make sure the mic is off i learned that the hard way too so you, uh, yeah you know. when did that happen well we're just talking people call you like hey what do you want hey your mic's on oh crap yeah <laughs> you know so no i never actually swear i kind of made that kind of like a mental practice thing mm-hmm. never swear either a because i had kids yeah. you don't know where they're at and then you never know when there's a microphone or who's watching that's true so i really don't swear much tell me one of your favorite phone calls because we always had fun callers. Yeah, uh, Jan Snelling was a, a 13-year-old girl who called every Saturday night. And we would talk for 20 minutes. We'd just talk about everything, help her with her homework, and just got to know her really well. Who's um, also a good friend, by the way. And uh, she turned into a great friend. Mm-hmm. And she came in and sat down behind the microphone once and got an audition for our guest DJ slot we had. Uh, which ended up with Don Kronberg. Oh, funny. That's how you got Don? That's how we got Don Kronberg oh, as a funny. disc jockey. It was a contest, and he applied, and he won, hands down. He stole the hearts of many women. Yes. Maybe yes, more than yes. hearts, but he did steal. <laughs> True. He was Prior to catch. be married, yeah, again, uh, the 80s. Yeah, it was the 80s. And the early 90s, yeah. But Jan oh, yeah. Snelling, and then she went on into the business, and yep. she ended up in Tampa Bay at WYRK, I believe it yes, is. And that is correct. Got into country music and... I'm still in touch with her every day today, to this day. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. crazy. She's awesome. We love yeah. you. And Jan, you'll be on here next real soon, I'm sure, too. Yeah. Any story that you've heard when you were walking the halls? Well, if those walls could talk in Brendanwood, what yeah, would they have said? Yeah, a couple of them happened to me, actually. Oh, really? You know, we had this back window, which was facing the parking lot. You know, think it wasn't even bulletproof. I mean, it's the 80s. Nobody cared, right? Oh, yeah. There was just a window that. facing yeah. the parking lot, and you could see right into the studio. So, you know, on Saturday night, people would always drive by in their cars yep. just to go see the disc jockey. Because yeah. they all thought you were Wolfman Jack and what was that? Uh, American w- Graffiti. Yes, yeah. exactly I right. I say so, WKRP is what I always thought. Well, that got me into too. radio, too. Thank yeah. you, Dr. Johnny Fear, uh-huh. for that. Uh, but they would drive by the window, and they would come out. And then, you know, sometimes people would stop by, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, and they they would, you know, urinate on the window in oh front of God, you. Oh, my God, seriously? Oh, yeah, they whip it on. They'd pee all over the window. I'm like, thanks, man. I appreciate that. It must be a rock fan who doesn't like pop music. Oh, you know? my. But, you know, then you got the good ones where car girls would come by, and they would all flash you, and they would, you know, press up against the window. You felt you were in a car wash. <laughs> but that would happen a lot, you know? Serious? Yeah, yeah. And then there was one time, you know, you they come to the back door, and you'd, you'd put a long song on, and you'd yeah. walk back out there, and you'd talk to them for a while, you know, and the song would stop. There'd be dead air. And you'd be like, I got to go back. I got to go back. So I'm running back to the studio, and there's our boss, Tom Gray, who happened to be there at midnight because he was drunk. And he, I guess I don't know if he was drunk or not. But he would go out to dinner, and he'd have a couple of beverages, and he would come walking through the studio. And he, and he caught me running back to the studio with dead air. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I was just out there talking to a listener. Stay in the studio. Oh. Yeah. See, none of this stuff ever happened on the AM. You don't want to know. You want to know why? <laughs> well, you never had a window to the outside. Our window was to the newsroom. I know. That's why I, I said. don't want to see Fred Spear pressing his chest <laughs> up against the window. Sorry, Freddie. Now, John uh, Strandon's another story. Wow. You get where I'm going. Oh, my God. I, can't, I painted that picture. Oh I can't God, erase I it. I can't now. get out of that one. I can't get out of that I cannot get out of that oh one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. Oh, I just love this. So were there anybody that you would like to work with again, living or dead? 
Well, when I started, we've got a couple of people that have yeah, passed. You know, Chuck Doyle's trained me. Oh, believe Chuck it did? or not, he trained me how to, to do this business. So, mm. and he still, you know, I thank okay. him. He lives right around the corner from my house now, so I avoid uh. him now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chucker. But, but he got me into the business. He trained me, so it was always fun to work with him because he was a constant professional, but he was always loose and cool and just the Chucker, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But Man Mount Walker was on, and I would do overnights, and then Man Mount Walker would come in. You could tell he must have partied all night because he was like, <coughs> smoking a cigarette. He'd come in, and he looked like he was on an all-night binge. You know, He'd bring in the newspaper. At the time, we didn't have internet. It was Rockford right, Register Star. Right, right. He'd sit down, and he'd be smoking in Grab the studio, reading the paper, and like, all right, well, have a good day, sir. <laughs> yeah. So I'd get in the car, and I'd turn on the radio, and he'd be like, boom, on professional. I'm like, that can't be the same guy who looked like he was hit by a truck. A minute ago, I went back in as him. He's doing. He was so professional. Oh John Arthur was another one of those guys who would come in looking like he was on a binger, <laughs> read the paper, and it's like those two guys were professionals. But when they were on the air, you would never know what they were going through. So I, I really remember those two guys the oh most because they were so yin and yang when they came in <laughs> and what they sounded like on the air. It was crazy. I've been accused of turning it on and turning it off. I think you do the same thing sometimes, too. Yes, I do. Yeah. No, I turn don't. It, yes, turn I it do. Off. No, yes, I do. don't. Stop it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those two would be, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. It, guys, if you could see this, it's like a comedy club right here. <laughs> the two of them, you, both of you laughing. Oh, crazy, 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 crazy. Okay, I have to ask you, how'd you get your name? Uh, name-wise, I was born with it. Ha. Oh, the air name? The air name. Uh, Charlie <laughs> Quinn, who hired me. Heard my real, that's my phone, by the way. Oh, I was like, that's my other job calling me. I got another job, too, which we'll talk about. But, um, okay. So Charlie Quinn hired me. He's like, we're not using that name. No hell, no way. Um, so we're going to look in a phone book. And at that time in the 80s, everybody had an alias name. I know, I know. Everybody I've did. had two of them. So <laughs> what do you want to be? I'm like, oh, I want to be Gary Spears was on B96 in Chicago at that time. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, with that great name, Gary, I want to be a Gary, but I don't want to be him. No, you don't want to be Gary. So we looked, and he's like, well, give me a name that you would connect with and you would remember so my sister Evelyn was dating this guy named Steve Felt and I was 13 when I first met him and he was the coolest guy you know he looked like you know like one of the Bee Gees he looked like Barry Gibb with that long hair the mustache and he took me to my first Bears game at Soldier Field took me to a Bulls game and I think it was just buttering up my sister by you know treating the little guy to tickets to concerts and stuff so I love this guy he was great when they broke up, it was heartbreaking and stuff. So I thought, you know, Steve was a cool guy. I want to be Steve. All right, Steve it is. Your first name is Steve. Now, we were looking at different names. Spears, Anderson, Gunderson, because this is a Scandinavian town. And right, okay. I'm like, no. And he just opened the phone book. He goes, the next name I stop on is going to be your name. He opened the phone book, boom, put his finger down on Summers. And it was like, wow, Steve Summers, I like that. He goes, you got to have one syllable and two syllables as a last name. I have heard that in more ways than one. That was the thing. That or you had to have a Mick, like a Mick Daniels or a yep. Mick Michael yep. or something in before yeah. it. Something catchy and, yep. and memorable, like yeah. an MJ Ryan, something quick and easy. Yeah. So Steve Summers was in. He closed the book. He said, okay, nice to meet you, Steve. Welcome aboard. You start Saturday night, midnight. Be here. Here's your key. I was like, uh, uh, okay. Remember, I was in college yet. I had no idea what the heck I was doing. Yeah. There I was. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Okay, so what was that other job? Oh, the other job I'm doing now? Yeah. Oh, oh, I work. The one that wants you on your phone. I'm I'm working at 95.3 The Bull at Midwest Family Studios across Mm -hmm. town. Mm -hmm. I'm also the program director for 100.5, which is kind of like where it all started for me. Hits from the 60s, 70s, and 80s in Rockford. So that's kind of cool. 
but I'm also the music director for 95.3 The Bull, which means I have to do logs, and then you got to merge these logs with the commercials to make sure they're in the studio. You know, obviously I missed it once, so I set a timer on my phone to remind me every day at 4 o'clock. <laughs> did you merge the music and the commercials? Yes, I did. Thank you for reminding me. Put the oh, phone down. Fun. So that's what I do in my other job. So I'm still in radio after all these crazy years. How long has it been? Well, I don't know. You do the math. 82? 40 years yeah. for you, Steve? Yeah. Really? I know. I look like I'm 29. You I do. know. It's crazy. A little bit grayer, but yeah. Hey, George Clooney is gray, and he's 21, isn't I he now? I know, right? We're all that way. <laughs> I'm turning a little grayer, but I'm still 22, 1. I'm legal, 21. That's I'm right. I have this wine. I'm drinking wine legally. I know, right? <laughs> you guys you are really home. not good at math. Do you know that? Well, that's why we're on the radio. That's I always right. tell my husband that, honey, I'm not good with numbers. That's right. Hey, I wanted to be a meteorologist, but I was so bad with numbers, I couldn't Ugh. become one. Yeah. Did you really? Oh, uh, yeah. One of the, yeah. I, I was. Uh, that's why I still do the weather. So did you, to this I was going to say, did you decide to do radio instead of television because of what? Well, there was a job in radio before TV. Okay. And when I came to town, Bruce Richardson was like the anchor, and uh, Monica was was one of oh, what was Monica, her name? Monica, Monica Schneider. Monica Schneider. Yeah. yeah I think she she's was still on, in uh, Chicago. Is she? Is I she? think so. She was on Fox Thirty Two or something like Wasn't that. Wasn't that Wicker's crush or something? Yeah. Oh yeah, he was trying yeah. to date her. Completely understandable. Yeah. Have you ever seen her? I yeah. remember her vaguely. Oh. Dark hair, dark She's eyes, very yes. pretty. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. So, but then a TV radio was the first thing I did, and I did a lot of interviews, and I did a lot of TV, you know, mm-hmm. commercials, guest appearances, commercials, our own commercial for the radio station. Yep. We were in that, so yep. I've done some of that, and I still do some of it today. But it was a young person's business and you have to think long term sometimes like can I do this till I'm 70 80 years old Mm, probably not on TV so I kind of chose this path and now I'm I'm very fortunate to still be doing what I love at this age of 29 so it's crazy it's very good 40 years is pretty good (laughs) I love it I love it and your voice has not altered a no, bit. I don't think it. I think it's gotten a little smoother and a little deeper. That's about yes. it for him. Yeah, yes. I, I agree with that because I listened to the very first air check, which was on a cassette. And it was really squeaky, you said. Yeah, it was really high. <laughs> it's like, wow, he must have been really nervous or something didn't drop yet. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Something yeah, better drop. And, you know, you have three kids and you drink alcohol because you want to forget that, that you have all oh. daughters, you got to pay for weddings. And, and you kind of just say, well, whatever, here's my voice now. So, oh, I yeah, think it's it just kind of grew, grew into the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so engineering department. You've done everything except the engineering department that I can think of. I'm checking it off in my head. Because yeah. you've done sales too, right? Yeah, I did sales for a while. And uh, I got a great sales story. I'll tell you about that later. But okay. engineering wise, uh, we did replace a transmitter at ROKZOK. You did. And it was like the old 1930 transmitter for ZOK, and they brought in another one. So we had to wow. roll out the old one. And we actually, a bunch of guys just grabbed it and put it on logs, and we rolled it like the Vikings did. Serious? You would roll a <laughs> Hey, oh my God. Don't spit up that water you're drinking there, Tim. But we would. We would put rolling logs in front of this transmitter. We'd push it. Stop! We've got to grab that log and put it in front of the transmitter. <laughs> and we rolled it across the parking lot into the garage. Where they had a, used a forklift to get rid of it one day. Oh my gosh! But it was Viking stuff. I mean, we used big planks of, of like fence posts. Rolling. You and, you and who? Posts. You and who? I was me, Jack Lambiat, uh, some engineer, whoever the engineer was at the time. I don't even know if Jack Lambiat Jack was Lambiat there. Jack Lambiat was the engineer because I, yeah. I remember him being there. But we, we rolled this transmitter oh on, on logs on, on regular fence posts all across the parking lot into oh the garage. Oh my god. That, that's a wild story. You know, oh, the I big old tubes are like you could bring in outer space on, you know, these tubes in this transmitter. When was that? I mean, oh, how long was, ago was that? I mean, was well, that? 
before early night. in your career? Well, actually, maybe that was the second round when they purchased WXXQ from Stateline Broadcasting and put us in the same building. So that could have been later. Okay. Uh, but Jack Lambert was there in the 80s, and he yeah. was just a, a card, a character, so much that we put him on the air. And he would do Clint Eastwood impersonations all the oh, time. Oh, funny. At the Chili Shootouts we used to host. He I would don't do, remember that. He would do that. Uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, that's punk. Fun. You know, he would do all those impersonations, and he was so good at it. And he would have you laughing in no time. So, yeah, yeah he's in um, down south now, or Denver. He's, he's in, in Denver, I Colorado. He's west, yeah. Yeah, he's in he's Denver. He's in Denver, and he's a lead singer of a Jack Lamb band. Yeah, sort of. I, I wouldn't say like a rock and roll band, but sort of like the Almond Brothers. Oh, you know, really? Oh my gosh. Yes. Did not and know that. he's also a fitness instructor, like a really? personal, yeah, like a personal trainer. Yeah. Oh, he's a hoot. He's the best. Yeah. You get him on this podcast and. Uh, just remember, oh, it's all will. Clint Trust Eastwood me, all the time. Oh, we will. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, my, my sales God. story. I got to tell oh, you. Oh, yeah. The okay. Tell story. the sales story. I won't say the salesman's name because they're still in the business. Oh, dear. We can okay. edit that in later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call the salesman Jim. All right. We'll just say his name say is Jim. Jim. Okay. But it's not. But it was Jim. So I'm starting sales because I was in between radio jobs. ZOK just fired me in 92. I was out of work for 10 months before I ended up in Milwaukee doing country music on weekends. I did that for two and a half years, by the way. I drove back and forth. Well, in the meantime, ZOK realized that they must have made a mistake. And the sales department said, you know, with his name and his recognition in Rockford, we can make money off of Steve. So they hired me on sales. So my first ride along, as they call him, is with this guy named Jim. So Jim's going to take me to his first client. I'm like, oh, great. You know, I'm going to learn from the pros. Oh, boy. So we go, oh to, boy. <laughs> we go to Forest Hills Motors, which was at the corner of Forest Hills and Alpine, right across the street from B. Sandfields. I think now it's a Walgreens. There's uh, a CVS pharmacy right yeah. at that same intersection. Okay. So we walk into Forest Hills Motors, and it's dirty. I mean, this guy probably charges 90% interest on a car you buy because you have bad credit. It's that kind of guy. Mm -hmm. You walk mm -hmm. into this car dealership was just like a bunker turned into a dealership dirty greasy floors bricks you know just uh, pictures of vargas girls on calendars everywhere and this old guy smoking a cigar is sitting behind a desk so jim's like come on frank throw me a bone man i got kids i gotta put through school and if i don't come up with even just a couple of hundred bucks i'm gonna get my ass kicked i'm gonna get fired just throw me something i really need this buy so, you know, this Frank guy goes, all right, all right, Jim, I'll, I'll give you 300 bucks. There. He's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're good for it. Don't sign anything. They never signed anything. Anymore. I know. I, handshake. <laughs> I remember that way back when. Yeah. Handshake. Yeah. So Jim walks out. I get into Jim's car. I'm like, oh, man, I'm sorry, Jim. I didn't realize that times were so hard for you. My gosh, you must not be making in sales. Jim goes, what the hell are you talking about? I'm doing great. That's just my line. <laughs> That's the only way that sap would ever give me money is if I gave him the hardship story. And I was like, are you kidding me? Jim, I'll never forgive you for that. So I, But that's you'll how never I forget him for that either. Never forgot that. It's all about the storytelling. Oh, that's cool. Which is why I'm here in the Storyteller Studio. You see what I did there? I brought it all back around. <laughs> yeah. That's a professional right there. Yeah. But that's a true story. That's neat. I never that's forget neat. that. I like that one. Okay, so now tell us a story about the newsroom. Newsroom, uh, boy, Bob Pressman was just... You would watch him in action, and he was mesmerizing. Mm -hmm. You know, he he went on to being a financial planner. Good for him. Mm -hmm. He made it. No one of us did. Um, <laughs> he probably worked radio. all of our finances. Is he working <laughs> yours too, Tim? Uh, he worked yeah, everybody in radio. I'm like, I could be your finance director. Uh, but he would be mesmerizing, and he had a character called Mr. Baseball. Oh, and, you know, there's a yeah. bunch of that stuff 
up here, Mr. Yeah. Baseball. Now, I did not know that prior to. Yeah, so when he wasn't doing the newscast, he would be, he knew stats, he knew players, he knew their teams, their years, their contract worth. Wow. He was a walking baseball encyclopedia. So, you know, you ever wanted to, you know. Own a friend. <laughs> for gambling. Uh, hey, Bob Pressman. Hey, you know, what was the name of the very first first baseman for the San Francisco Giants in 1968? Boom, he'd have the answer for you. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, Juan if you're, Marichal. Yeah. <laughs> you what? Just saying, Juan Marichal. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how'd you know that? Bob, Bob oh Pressman. God, how'd you do that? Bob Pressman's downfall was he's a Sox fan. He's a White Sox fan. <laughs> oh. Outside of that, Bob's great. <laughs> oh, but I, I looked up to Is him for that. the guy with the Cubs cup? Yeah, yeah that's he right. Was, he was mesmerizing. He was good. Wow. So who else did you work with in the newsroom? Uh, Rick McLaughlin, God rest his soul. Mm -hmm. He's no longer with us. Uh, Lisa Fielding, who still is working, WBBM in Chicago. She was so good. She still is good. Uh, What was Mary? What was Mary's name? Remember Mary? Not not Mary Dixon, was it? Yeah, Yeah, I think it was Mary Dixon. Yeah, Mary Dixon. She was in the newsroom. John Strandon uh, and Fred Spear. And uh, when I was doing mornings on 97ZOK, we would have our newscast in the bottom of the hour. It would always be at like 730 It'd be 7.30, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got five seconds. The song's going to be over. I'm going to play the intro. Where is it? Oh, my God. And boom, here comes Fred Spears. Sits down. Boom. There, and here's your news. And he would just do it and walk oh right God. out. Oh, my God. He was like a machine. And John Strandon would do the same thing, make you sweat it out to the very last second, then walk in, nail the newscast, nothing but net, and then get up and walk out of the studio. It's like, what a pro. Yeah. Did you ever get any of them to laugh? Did you get any of them to crack up? No, Fred I, well, was, I only asked because um, Doug was talking about making Fred laugh once. Fred was easy to laugh. You just had a, like, once you got done with his newscast, because he was all serious. Uh-huh. Then after the newscast, he was giddy. You could just say something stupid, he'd laugh. Like, his very hearty laugh. Oh, fun. Um, that's about, John Strandon was very hard. He would make us laugh. Oh, really? John oh. Strandon was the comedian. Yeah, you oh. couldn't make John laugh, but he could make you laugh in, in two seconds. Ken DeCoster was the hardest to make laugh. Yeah. Ah. Probably still to this day. I mean, oh, I, yes. I don't see him laughing very much. No. Ken is a He's, he's a newsman. He's still a newsman in his heart. Once you're a professional newsman, it's hard to get out of your blood. Now, when the mic is off, oh, he <laughs>, laughs like nobody's business. <laughs> but if you want to make him laugh, can't do it. Well, remember on 97ZOK, we had one minute of news. You probably had a lot more news blocks on WROK when you were there, Tim. So that's why we didn't, didn't get to do much, a lot of yeah. cross-talking. Yeah. yeah, that was interesting. What's one piece of advice that somebody gave you that you would pass on? Be yourself. And I didn't understand what that was. Uh, Also, you have to grow into this position. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? I want to be on the air now. Uh, That was Tom Gray who told me that I I couldn't do mornings, I couldn't do afternoons, I got middays. And you will grow and you'll get more money as you grow into the position. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, when you buy a dishwasher, when you have to replace a, a wash machine, when you have to buy a car, and you start going through those life events and stories, then you're going to understand how to relate better to people. Mm-hmm. So that's where you'll grow into that position. Being yourself was something I think Tim Fox taught me, who was one of my PDs as well. Uh, we had a night guy named John St. John. He was from 7 to midnight. And John St. John was, What are those rockers, man? He's dug like this baby. We're going to kill you. Man. You're one-eyed mouse, man. Let's rock and roll. And he was like, Wow, this guy's an animal. And he was like this party animal, like, like, What's the guy, uh, the wolf guy, Wolfman Jack? Wolfman Jack. Yeah. He was like that all the time. But you get him in a remote in front of people, he'd be like, hi, I'm John St. John. Because he couldn't recreate the character when people were watching him. Oh, my. So you would pay, I want, I want that animal at my store. And he would go to the store, and he'd be like, hi, I'm here at, uh, at B. Sandfield. Come and get roses, $12 a dozen. And that's all he would say. When people wanted him to be out there, ah, I'm here at B. Sandfield. Come and get these rockin' roses with thorns. <laughs> and they'll 
picked your prayer. No, he, didn't, he wouldn't do any of that stuff. Wow. So that's when I realized you can be fake and you can be yourself. And I've never gone back to the fake part. It's always been, hey, I'll talk about my dog. I'll talk about how I need cash and how I'm a drinking. Uh, you know, well, I'll talk about anything right now. But I, th- I, I think that led into your huge community involvement yes, with so many charities. Yeah. Because you know, when you have Steve as an MC, you're getting the real deal. And that's what charities need. And you've done that for decades. Yeah, for decades. I've, I've always been myself because of that story. Because once I saw him freeze, I was like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> Do you need something? Well, he's like, no, I, I just I just can't be that character. I'm like, what do you mean it's a character? I thought that's really you. Oh, hell no. That's who I do, you know. So he couldn't do it in public. So yeah. I never forgot that. And then people were mad. Yeah. <laughs> the that, clients well, were like, I paid to have that animal here. How come he's too nice? Yeah. So I've learned from that. So What's been your favorite charity event that you've done or that you've emceed? Well, I'm no longer connected to them, but St. Jude Children's Research Hospital I've been a part of them for over 25, 30 years, and I actually made it to the National Board of Directors for Radiothons and mm-hmm. got to uh, go down to the hospital numerous times, uh, part of the planning board for Radiothons across the country, and just to see how incredible that hospital is helping out kids with cancer who don't have to pay anything. And that's truly one of the best highly rated charities to this day was probably to this point still I made millions. I must have made like five million dollars through all the radiothons that I've been a part of in my career. Mm-hmm. That just to see that that money and actually have a Rockfordian resident utilize St. Jude call really? me in tears saying that her daughter was just diagnosed with cancer. We're going to St. Jude, and the only reason I know about it, Steve, is because I listened to you and all those radiothons, oh, and wow, I got to meet nice. her before she passed away, and the, and the wife, the mother, daughter. It was just truly inspirational, the Ives family, who now live in Nashville. And I'm still in touch oh, with them wow. every day. But that hospital, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, truly um, exceptional, and that's my greatest accomplishment in this business. Wow. Is that the little girl that is connected to Mo Pitney? Yes, oh Sydney Ives. Oh my! Sydney Ives. Wow. Yeah, and who would have thought that because of Sydney, I got to meet Mo, and Mo and I are good friends and uh, talk a lot, and just it's just weird how the world revolves and how one man's life touches so many others. It's just truly. You are terrible. six degrees separated. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much <laughs> it. Serious. And for that one person that actually called you up, yeah. imagine how many people are out there that don't, don't call you up and that you've had that same impact on. Yeah, I remember wake, I walked into this, my office that morning, and I have a phone message, because we had phone messages then. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you'd pull it up, and, and she explained. I was like, I broke down right there at my desk going, oh, my God, something just happened. It's like somebody, a superpower, just touching you on the shoulder going, you did good work. And speaking of superpower, what one superpower would you want? Well, that's not fair. That. Well, that's funny. I wrote that down here. So anyway. Supersonic hearing. Ah. I think I would want supersonic hearing, because I remember everything I hear. So that's why I'm on Jeopardy. Take me. I can go there. You know, and when we do like the 80s category on Jeopardy, oh, I'm nailing it, man. You go on a cruise ship and, oh, it's 80s trivia. Name that tune night. Oh, give me the ship on a stick. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. I cut my teeth on that. I know every song. Uh, All these albums here, you got albums all over the Storyteller Studios. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know all those songs. I know that song. I know that song. I just saw Sticks, by the way, this past summer at Woodstock at the county fairgrounds. And Tommy Shaw is still right on the money. He's just incredible. Do you remember when Tommy Shaw and Jack Blades came to the studio? I do. I've got a picture of that out there with us, too. You probably were closer with him than I was at that time, but... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, all it was, that he stuff. was amazing. Yeah. Uh-huh. We were with damn Yankees, too, at that time, yeah, I think, when he, he came through. Yeah, he was. So do you have a favorite fair? Oh, man. Or, well, or a, so it's not fair because... I say a fair memory, or I also have a, on the waterfront memory, whatever. All right, waterfront memory. I mean, we had Keith Urban there. He was with this group Isn't called The Ranch. Funny? He yeah. was with the grant, the ranch, and we had him at on the waterfront, and he was the lead singer for the ranch, and nobody knew who he was. But then once you got to meet Keith Urban, you're like, oh my God, this guy's a superstar, and he turned out to be one. Yeah. I hope he gave my phone number to Nicole Kidman. I don't think he did. No, but, I don't think. I think he, um, he stole her. <laughs> but Michael yeah. Damien was down on the waterfront. He was a big soap opera star. He had a single on the radio. My wife was in love with him. So I take my wife down to on the waterfront. Michael Damien has a bus, right? Right. So. Oh God, Being in the position, buses. right? You got to go on the bus. You know. So Michael Damien's like, hey, how you doing? Hey, this is my wife, Yvonne. We're like, really, Yvonne? He hugs her, Yvonne, like, blanks me out. He's like, come on, let's go on the bus and have a drink. Boom, she left. I'm still standing there. <laughs> she didn't even look back. Didn't even look back. And I'm like, she's still on the bus. And he closed the door. So it's like 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, my God. Right? And she comes out, and they're laughing, and he kisses her, and then she gets on the bottom. I'm like, what happened? She's like, it was heaven. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I just To this day what, on the waterfront, What happens Michael on Damien. the bus stays on the bus, honey. Oh That's it. God. He yeah. was so cute and so nice. I know. Uh, so yeah. We dropped his record the next day. <laughs> <laughs> nope, we're not playing Michael Damien ever again. Never, ever. No. Sorry, Michael. Yeah. Oh. That's your superpower, Steve. Dropping records. <laughs> Dropping records, yeah. Right, right. Dropping it. Nope, we're not playing it anymore. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> so is there, I mean, there, I could go on and on. We could just talk for days and days and days. But is there anything else that you can think of that you want to chat about, you want to tell stories of? I want to know, know how back. I want to know how your experience was working at 97ZOK oh. with me, <laughs> Jeff Wicker, who I would work with in a heartbeat. I just talked yeah. to him last week. He's still a great guy. Um, talk about being real. I learned a lot of that from Jeff mm. Wicker. What you see or hear he was that was him. He still is to this day. By the way, I think he's in Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, so when I talked to him last week, he's like, "Oh, by the way, I still have your mother's prayer card when we were at her funeral, and I, I pray so cool. on it every other week or so." I'm like, "Jesus, Jeff, yeah. that was like 31 years ago, and yeah. you still pray on my he's mom's awesome. card." He's awesome. I mean, yeah, I wow. I have to tell you, Steve, this is probably that was probably my the highlight of radio for me was that particular two year period. And it's funny because when I look back and think about, oh, where my, the trajectory of my life has been like kind of crazy too, um, saying goodbye to people and also saying hello to people, different. I can remember some of the people in Memphis. I remember all of the people in Quincy. I remember all of the people in Rockford. I remember some of the people in Buffalo, some of the people in DeKalb, you know, whatever, left and right. But I remember huh, thinking, I really like this guy, you. I really like this hey, guy, Hey, you don't Jeff. date coworkers, you don't. I don't date coworkers, <laughs> but hey, you know, I do. I like these guys. And do you remember, I, and I love Yvonne. I thought Yvonne was just awesome. Yeah. Do you remember when I was getting her ready for the pageant? Yeah. She was just stunning. She I was mean, in the Miss U.S. Post Office. Was It's part of the Labor Queen, Mrs. Labor Day Queen pageant, Labor Day pageant because yeah. she worked at the post office, which she just yeah. retired, by the way. Yeah, uh, she did. Congrats. She was stunning. You made her look yeah, well, like Miss America, and she came in second place. It she should have been first. It was Rob. We were. Robbed. I agree. She should have been first. She was awesome. But yeah. that was that was very cool that you did. I still yeah. have those pictures, and I look back, and even my daughter's like, "That's not you, Mom." Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. But I remember, as you bring that up, your goodbye. My goodbye to you. Speech when on I left. the air. Goodbye you yep. as the golden. What was it? Uh, Dorothy. Dorothy and Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Jeff Wicker was the lion, I believe it was. Jeff was the uh, Tin I, Man. I you were the Scarecrow. I was the Scarecrow. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and Jerry Jensen, who is no longer with us, and I, 
Um, he was my uh, lion. Tin Man, wasn't he? No, the he tin was man. a lion. Well, was he the Tin Man? No, no, because Jeff was the Tin Man. He was the lion. You were the scarecrow. I was the scarecrow. Yeah. In my book. And you had to go home because there was no place like home. This is Liz Wilder saying, saying bye-bye. And I actually went to New York, and I was playing um, in a New York frame of mind. That was one of them. What were you doing going to New York? I went to Buffalo, New York. For what? To do middays. Why did we let you go? Well, I don't have no idea. Why did you let me go? Well, it's a good move because now (laughs) you're back. We didn't have to pay for it. I forgot you went to Buffalo, New yeah, York. I, I knew you were York. leaving. I remember that speech going, she's making me cry. I know, and I was I was not, and I practiced that damn thing for days. How are we going to yeah, replace really her? Did. And we never did, and I got fired. Really so did. there you go. That's how it all really happened. Did. That was the did, dismantling of the Cubs. Yeah. Did Kathy Hart replace you? No, when you went I there? replaced Kathy. I actually, and that was kind of funny. I have followed Kathy Hart. Kathy, I know you'll be talking about this. You'll be in here talking too. I've never met her. Really? I have never met Kathy yet, she's in Montana but I now. have followed oh, her she's in Montana. left and right because um, she, I came in and took her place as middays, and then when I went to Buffalo, it was her old program director who was looking for somebody, and he said, Kathy, do you know anybody? He goes, you might check with Liz, is he okay? She might be ready to move up, move out, whatever, mm-hmm. so that's how I got that one, and then when I came back, I was going to go to Chicago. I had put some tapes and stuff in to go to Chicago. Um, and she ended up getting the job instead of me. But I came back because I was going to do my my voice work, my own studio right, stuff. Right. Needed to know the sales end of it since I knew the production end of it. So I came back and did sales with you guys. But ended right. up going back on the air here for at B103 or the Light yep, 103 or yep. whatever it was at that point yep. in time with Jim Mackey. Yeah. But I did end up working in Chicago at the Light for about six to eight months anyway, part-time. Wow. So it was just kind of like I'm just following her left and right. But that's how who I replaced. I can't wait to hear what she says about Eric Ferguson, who worked at ninety seven. Now, did Eric and he was he yeah. after Jeff, right? I yeah, it was him, before and there was you. also JJ. No, JJ was before because when I came from Memphis, my air name was Liz Michaels, and I couldn't use Michaels right. because of JJ Michaels. Right. So I had to find a different air it was name. JJ and Jack, Jack Lambiat. Was yeah, partner with come JJ on, and Jack. Yeah, yeah. you're kidding me. I remember they that. had hell of parties at JJ's house. Whew. Mm. Halloween parties. Wilder had parties too. Yeah. If I recall. You? Wilder had parties. Really? Do you remember do you remember the party <laughs> with the lingerie? I was not invited to that oh, one. Oh well, you were too. You were sitting in there because Jeff was there. In fact, Brian was there too. <laughs> Did you see how she brought that back around? She said, Oh bull. You work for the bull. <laughs> oh, ha. But I'm bumped. Can't get the radio out of the guy, can't. <laughs> Thank you very much. I don't remember no lingerie parties. How come I don't remember these? That was at the house on Crestview. Crestwood? Crest Crestwood? Oh, but they didn't have models, but you yeah. were selling, and we had to go there yeah. and buy stuff from yeah, you. Yeah, like a wife. Tupperware party? Yeah, it was yeah. just like a Tupperware <gasps> secret party. That's this, why yeah, I blacked it out. I went there yeah. thinking it was going to be a hot party, <laughs> oh and I had to buy stuff. At what the beginning that? of the story, I'm going, oh, my God, I can't wait to hear this story. <laughs> and then it's like a Tupperware party. <laughs> no, it just in lingerie, my... but I had girls to model, too. Oh, so, yeah, okay. Lingerie. You're starting to bring it back now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they were thermal underwear. We live in the Midwest. It was thermal underwear. You can fabricate anyway. the story, and it's okay. Well, I'm just telling you it wasn't, but I'll let him believe what he wants to believe. <laughs> I spent $100 <laughs> you know? at that party. Most expensive party for, for nothing. And I don't even think I saw it. his wife loved it. Yeah, his wife loved it. Yeah. yeah Sweatpants. I think it was $100 for sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, moving a piano. I think now, you guys helped me move a piano, too. Now, this is not to be confused with the lingerie party that Keith Larson had. I don't remember that I'm, one. No, I'm, no, I'm I don't know kidding. that one. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. This fun. has been fun, just going back through memory lane and just yeah. bringing up names. And Well, if you remember, if you think of any more, huh, you can always come back. 
We want you to come back. Come we back for episode two when we really tell you what we think yeah. it was. And we'll Tim. have more wine for you. Yeah, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll have different wine for I, you. If I you work cheap. We'll get you different wine. We'll this is Moscato margaritas. this time. Yeah, we're out of wine, so yeah. we're done here. So That's pretty much how we end our podcast, too. It's been a blast. <laughs> it's been <laughs> fun. It's been one glass of wine, and we're done. So. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get more. Yeah. So, Steve Summers. Thank you. Wait, before you leave, oh, yes. you were from when to when? I was from January 1982 to January 2nd, 1992. And now we can hear you where? 95.3 The Bull. I do mornings with the Morning Stampede. And I'm also on 100.5 Rockford's Greatest Hits. When? I'm all over the place. It's there, I don't have a shift. I just do all kinds of things throughout the entire day. You're not on it. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, great, my friend. It's been great. We'll talk to you later. Where's my check? Yeah, it's coming. It's in the mail. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Storyteller's Studio in celebration of WROK Radio's 100th year in broadcasting. 